Hey, hi, welcome to the whole podcast. My name is Scott Eastman. I'm the downtown pastor for Life Church in Green Bay. And joining me today is my very good friend, Becky Alcantar. Hi, I'm Becky Alcantar. I'm the author and co-founder of Journey to Wholeness, a program designed to help you feel equipped to face life's challenges. And oh my gosh, isn't life challenging? It is challenging. <laughs> like, I feel like every time I think that, oh my gosh, this is the hardest it's ever been, like just culturally, like, right. and so, and then like, there's just more, right? There's, yeah. you know, we go from dumpster fires to riots to, you know, election drama, right? Mm-hmm. Like it just keeps, we just keep getting deeper and deeper into mm-hmm. it. Right. And so when the external world can be so challenging, I feel like it makes our internal life even more difficult. Absolutely. It just feels like we're in Groundhog's Day sometimes. Yeah. We're on this unhealthy cycle, which is reoccurring. We started out in spring worried about a virus and here we are in the winter talking about that again, seeing yep. things kind of repeat themselves. And so the question is then, how is that affecting us, right? If we feel like our external world is on this cycle, how are we handling things internally? Right. Because I mean, sometimes when when life is difficult internally, mm-hmm. there's, there's safe ports for us. Sometimes it's home, sometimes it's work, sometimes it's our friendships Friends. or the gym or something, right? School, sports. Right. Mm-hmm. And so we have this safe port that we can go to, to you know, get our head straight, mm-hmm. right? And so for me... I would go to the movies to get my head straight mm-hmm. because the dark room, just me in a tub of popcorn yeah. with butter and salt halfway in. Like yeah. you have to stop them and say, let me put some butter and salt in there. Because if they make this big, large thing of popcorn, it's just butter and salt on top. There's no way to get that mixed in. There's not. So no, the first taste is like, oh my gosh, this is buttery, salty deliciousness. Right. And then you get to the end right? and you're like, oh you have my to gosh, step out styrofoam. Of the... mm-hmm. ridiculous. <laughs> anyway, so my place was a movie, but I haven't been in the movies, mm-hmm. right? In a year. Right. Right. Maybe you haven't seen loved ones in a while. Right. Right. Uh, Right. You haven't been able to go out with friends and release some tension. And so now you're left to yourself, right? Or you're left to yourself in your household. And how are how are you doing there? What is what is the condition of your relationships at home? Uh, are you finding that you're a little more short-tempered with each other? Are you finding that you can't find your own quiet spot away from each other because everyone's there all the time? I yep. realized at one point that I hadn't been alone in like, I think I counted the days. I'm an introvert <laughs> by nature. So I'm counting the days like, wow, I have not been alone at all. And I really thrive. I really regain my energy from doing that. And so if that's not an option available to you anymore, how am I being creative? And when you're being challenged, it's hard to be creative because literally your brain is uh, not working in that capacity. It's looking at survival mode, just get through today. And I'm not accessing those other places that I otherwise would have had I uh, been able to spend time with friends or get some quiet time. And now I'm feeling refreshed and renewed and able to uh, face the challenges of the next day. Now each day seems to run and bleed into the other. For sure. uh, and it, you find yourself just repeating the loop. And that's what we call the unhealthy cycle. And if you look it up, there's like 500 different diagrams you can find. Uh, But the one that we're talking about is really uh, when our uh, thoughts, our behaviors, our emotions start to repeat. uh, And that's despite adverse consequences. So we know that we're on a bad cycle, but for whatever reason, we haven't been able to stop it or redirect it. And that's what we're talking about today. Yeah, no, I love that because I feel like that's a thing for all of us because they're, they're such a natural fit 
the unhealthy cycle we're talking today about, about mm-hmm. thoughts, which lead to our emotions, which leads to our behavior, which changes our thoughts, which leads to emotions, which affects our behavior, right? right? They're, they just, they're form fitting. Yes. Like they couldn't flow more seamlessly into right. one another. Yeah. And so, and it happens before we even notice. Exactly. Because your brain is at work all the time. Your subconscious, unconscious is at work. It's not waiting for you to decide what, what option am I going to take today? I know we talk often about those books. It's like, what does Bobby do next? Does he go here or there or the other? And we don't think of life in that way. And yet that's exactly what life is, except our brain has now acquired so much information that it's making those decisions for us based on the information that it has. And until we introduce better information, more information, uh, or we are able to slow down that cycle to inject ourselves and redirect some of those things, it's just going to keep repeating because, again, it's operating on our subconscious and unconscious level. Yeah, and in case you haven't heard us talk about this before, we've talked a lot uh, on these episodes. And please, if you've not listened to some more of the whole podcast, please go back and each one of them stands on their own. Like, it's not like you don't have to listen to episode three before four makes sense. Right. Like there's totally standing on their own, but we've talked about it a number of times, how the way our brain works is to work as efficiently as possible. Yes. It's going to take as many shortcuts, mm-hmm. right? And so it's going to say, I know that this happened this one time. So the, every time that that thing happens, this is how I'm going to respond yeah. because that's how I responded the one time that that yes. happened. Here's the assumption we are going to make so we can give you the response that you need primarily to survive, protect yourself from any imminent threat. Right. So like, <laughs> let's like the taking us back to like our earliest days when the, the brain, the, you know, the brain formed in this idea, like it didn't have all the time in the world to evaluate our situation. Right. Like here's this immediate threat or here's this immediate danger. Mm-hmm. Or here's this immediate, whatever, like right. react now. Like you got to get out. Like when we're like faced with cyber tooth tigers, right. Or, you know, right. Other scary things. <laughs> like we had to think now, like we didn't have time to like, Mm-mm. you know, and so this reaction, and this is what we talk about a lot about how it's our natural instinct to react, not mm-hmm. to respond, which sounds like the same thing, but they're not. They're not. Because when you respond to something, you we think of it as like taking a careful assessment of yes. what's happening mm-hmm. rather than just reacting and going with our gut, mm-hmm. right? Like what's really happening here? And when we get into this cycle, we respond less and we react more because yes. they are so seamlessly fit together. Mm-hmm. Right. You know? And so when I think about like, if I have a thought and then like, I'll, I'll just, I'll have an emotional response to that thought mm-hmm. or emotional reaction to that mm-hmm. thought. And then that will change my behavior, right? right? Even though, uh, even though the thought might not come from like an actual thing, mm-hmm. but just, right, you know, right. Something you perceive something right. that's some information that you gave your brain that it filed equal to the rest of the information that you have acquired or you provide it to it. And so we talk about this sometimes in that we can watch, uh, how do we know how to respond in time of a pandemic? Uh, We've watched enough movies that we've determined this is how, this is what the scenarios can be, realistic or not. We gave our brain that information and now we may be reacting to that information that isn't actually based on reality. It was science fiction, right? right? However, your brain doesn't know that difference until you let it know that, until you redirect it. And so you may be feeling super anxious and then you start thinking about all the what ifs and all the what ifs are really actually based on the Will Smith movie (laughs) when the world uh, faced their virus or, um, oh, there's another one uh, that everyone watched initially. Uh, But now you're basing it off of that. Your brain doesn't know that that's not based on facts. That's based on actual science fiction. However, you're responding to that as if it is because you haven't actually uh, helped your brain catalog that appropriately. Right. Normally, we normally we talk through the 
secular approach mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. to these things. And we kind of save the Jesus part to the end. Yeah. But I just wanted to, because whenever I think about this, we often think of, because if we believe in God, then we believe in Jesus. And if we believe in God and Jesus, we believe in heaven. If we believe in heaven, we believe in hell. If we believe in God, Jesus, heaven and hell, then we believe in Satan, right? Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, you know, we think of Satan, you know, as this guy that's trying to like tempt us into things or he's trying to like screw up our lives. You know what I mean? Like in some kind of active way. And it's in this cycle mm-hmm. that Satan operates. Mm-hmm. Like he jumps in, in the thoughts and emotions, right? right? Because he wants us to behave in a certain way right. because he knows that he can destroy things through our behavior. Mm-hmm. So he gets into our thoughts. And so yes. that's, that's, you know, when they talk about Satan being the prince of lies or darkness or, you know, whatever, right. and he's always skulking about, he's not, he's not skulking about trying to like create a situation where you fall, you know, into trouble, but he's creating a thing that we're in your head, Mike, he's changing your mind and he changes your mind by changing your thoughts and changing your emotions. So so this is the devil's playground. And the name, the Satan, I've heard uh, uh, said by many um, respected speakers and theologians in that that name means the accuser. And um, all he needs to do is create some doubt in your mind, some question, what if that game that we play, what if uh, some accusation that actually then it's so small, it's a seed that really sets that wheel in motion. If we think of the unhealthy cycle, uh, like a hamster wheel and think of a hamster wheel that really, if that uh, hamster bumps into it, it starts motion. And as soon as it's on it, it's difficult for it to get off of it. And it goes and goes and goes. And so really just the insertion of some doubt or an accusation uh, to you, toward you, that you start to uh, ruminate on and think on and give life to because you're giving your attention to it and considering it. And now that, because you're thinking about it, your brain goes, oh, this is valid or uh, valuable information, something I'm going to give authority to because it's my human who's actually thinking it and spending time on it. So it must be valid or must mm. um, have weight. So now it's going to incorporate that as well. So if you think about, okay, I'm fearful right now based on whatever perception I have, but then now I'm feeling depressed because I don't have a way to actually control the situation or change the situation. And in fact, I couldn't because some of it is part of my imagination. Now I'm feeling depressed about that. I'm feeling out of control. And then if you're feeling out of control, then maybe you feel, well, I'm fearful and other people aren't. So I'm feeling rejected. Like if I bring this up, but other people don't believe in this. And so now I feel isolated and now I am isolated because of circumstances. And now I'm defensive because like, I'm not going to tell anyone about anything. Uh, And then I start feeling bad about myself because, well, I feel I'm alone and I'm the only one thinking about this, but everyone else thinks I'm wrong. So maybe I am wrong. And so you can see how it can start moving into just like really deep seated thoughts and beliefs about yourself. Um, The unhealthy cycle really is the way we think, the way we feel, and the way we act are all influenced by one another. When one or some of all of these are unhealthy, it starts this domino effect that can feel like in an ending cycle and starts this uh, momentum, right? And so you can see how one thought, one feeling can lead to another, to another, to another. And then suddenly we're behaving in certain ways because we're in a defense posture um, or we're isolated or we're depressed. And so we're now um, isolating ourselves further. Um, If you uh, 
they talk about people laying in bed and how that can cause you to go into the depressed state because your body knows that when you are depressed, you lay down during the day on the couch. And so when you put yourself on the couch the next time because you're fatigued or whatever, your brain goes, oh, are we depressed? Should we be feeling this way? So it will release those emotions because we put ourselves in that place. So think about how quickly we train ourselves, we train our bodies, we train our brains, we train our emotions to actually be released based on certain postures that we take, uh, based on certain things that we practice, based on certain things that we watch, and how we can quickly feed that. And then it can feel like, well, how do I even stop that cycle? Because if I'm jumping from isolation to shame to fear to depression, right? It's just going one to, it's not like I go, okay, now I'm going to switch lanes and go from here to there. It just goes on in this cycle. Now you're isolated. You're not even having conversations about it where someone could go, no, 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 that's not true or that's not okay. Or you're not with the people who love you who can interject in there and how that can really take off. It's like a wildfire, right? Once you give it a spark, the wildfire just takes off. So unhealthy cycles can hold us back from reaching our highest potential or our healthiest ways of living, thinking, and feeling. Um, When we were all together and we were at picnics and barbecues and Thanksgiving dinners, uh, we felt really optimistic about life and making plans and future holiday. But now we can't quite do those things. Things are uncertain or we're told, you know, I think two weeks before Thanksgiving, we thought we were having a whole Thanksgiving dinner. And then um, a few days before we found out we weren't because there were a few family members who had contracted COVID. And so even when we had something to look forward to, now we're disappointed. Where does your disappointment send you? Does it send you on this thought process of, well, I'll never get better. I knew all this was true. Now I'm worried about things. Or does it send you in a different direction because you're directing it that way or because you've given or filled your reservoir with things that'll help you in those times? And I understand that it's been a while. It's been a hot minute. It's been a few months. And so maybe your reservoir is low right now. What can you start to do? What things can you notice in yourself? that send you on that trajectory that now it's time to step off, right? Interrupt that cycle that has been going off because it is possible. Right. I Am Legend is the post-apocalyptic movie you were thinking of. I Am Legend, yeah. Yeah, Which was actually a really good movie. It was. And in fact, it was like in the middle of like a good stretch for Will Smith. This was after Men in Black 2, but there was Hitch, which is Mm -hmm. a highly underrated movie. It's like with Eva Mendez. Mm Mm-hmm. Really, and Kevin James. Yes, it was a really, yes. really, really, Kevin really James. good movie. <laughs> yeah, right. And like, and like, Will Smith has like this. His character is Hitch, like something Hitchinson or something. Anyway, but like, he is like this allergic reaction to shellfish, <laughs> and they're going to the store. And it's like, there's <laughs> so many the good things. They lock down in the vault. <laughs> and so anyway, that's a really good movie. And then there was. Um, Contagion, I think, is another one. Yeah. No, we're talking about Will Smith right now. Okay, sorry. Because <laughs> then he had Pursuit of Happiness, which was a really, really good yes. movie about a down-and-out dad. Right. Right, and his kid. And then there was I Am Legend. And then Hancock, which was just sort of okay. But then it was like, <laughs> what happened? Like, I'm looking through IMDb, and I'm like, what happened then? His kids became teenagers, and he was a little busy. <laughs> I don't Like, no. there's nothing after that. I, I mean, maybe he didn't have to do anything. No, he's I done would... a thousand movies, and they're all rubbish. <laughs> I, oh yeah, including okay. Aladdin, Ooh. which I was talking to somebody the other day, and they talked about how Aladdin was a great movie with Guy Ritchie, and it was a fantastic thing, and blah blah blah. I'm like, are you joking me? Because the live action Aladdin was horrible. The kids loved it. The really? kids loved it. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Like, I love the animated Aladdin, and then like Spies in Disguise. Doesn't he become like a, a pigeon in that? And then Bad Boys for Life, which is like the third Bad Boys. Speaking of the unhealthy cycle. <laughs> anyway. So you had said something just before we got there mm-hmm. about um, 
safe places. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I was thinking lately, I don't know when I've ever bought as much as I've bought mm-hmm. like in the last three months. Right. Like, and they're not like big things, although there have been big things, but they've been like $30 here and mm-hmm. $35 there. Like, this is what I really need. Mm-hmm. What I really need is this $35 right. something. This will make me feel better. Right. You know what I mean? And it's yeah. not even like I go through that. I don't, I you don't, don't respond, get there, right? No. I'm reacting. Right. right. I need to feel better. $35. Cha-ching. No. Yep. Right. Yeah. Pay now. And yet, if you slow it down and pay attention to what you're feeling in that moment, you got a little bit of this adrenaline yep. rush. You got a little bit of this oxytocin that gave you some relief. Right. 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 And so where are we going to that? And yet then we go on the cycle of, well, now I feel bad or now I'm upset or now it's harder because uh, my bills are piling up, but I haven't been working like I used to. And so, well, I just did this to myself. Right. And so we start to self-blame. There goes that self-blame. Right. And I should know better and then uh, someone else jumps in maybe a spouse and what are you doing don't you know that you know we're on a tight budget right right now and you're doing this to us and then then that cycle starts off and then yeah so it it can get started really quickly and we can feel like there's no way to escape that that we're just in this rut but if we can slow down and understand some of the things some of the thoughts some of the behavior patterns. When I lay down on the couch, I know I'm going to have a rough afternoon because I won't want to get up. I will feel like my arms and legs turned into lead. And I know that my thoughts, like my brain just shuts down. I'm not a good mom at that point. I'm not a good dad at that point. Dinner probably won't get done. Right. If I know there's certain things that if I engage in that, if I stop and do that, if I find myself turning to that, then I'm probably starting that cycle again. Let me stop and redirect that. Let me pay attention to that. And we just have to acknowledge it. Like you're made to feel oxytocin and adrenaline rushes and right. Like those are those are great things. But when we do those to patch or to cover up some greater, deeper issue or need in ourselves, now we're we're kind of handicapping ourselves, right? Because those things at some point. Uh, they wear off and they don't do what they used to do. So then it requires more and more and right. more. And now we're affecting each other or ourselves more and more and more. And then it can feel like I don't even know where to start or how to get off of this. Cycle. Even when you just said greater and deeper, it mm-hmm. makes me feel guilty. Mm-hmm. Like that's my response to what you just said. Mm-hmm. And that, that, that's not to say that you're like uh, a failure. That's not to say that you have a deeper or a greater need for something. It doesn't mean to say that that's bad. No. Right. How you're dealing with it mm-hmm. ends up might be ineffective, and so that's how it could get bad, mm-hmm. right? But it's not bad to have a greater or deeper need for something. No, no. And that's why it's worth the time and our effort to have conversations with yourself or with a friend or with mm-hmm. someone that loves you or loves Jesus or someone that's paid professionally to listen to you. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's why it's it's worth having those conversations to get down to the greater and deeper, not to like. Not to solve the greater and no. deeper, like, because it's a problem. Right. You know, be like, I mean, it kind of is, but I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, I just feel like people feel guilty about having a greater or deeper need. Oh, right. And that, no, when you understand that you're created for that, that you, I know this is like a cliche old song, but you were made with a God shaped yes. you know hole in all of us yep. i think it's actually a originally a billy graham quote i is never it? knew that oh, i thought it was I just like that. a song like by the newsboys oh. or whatever beastie boys right and yeah he had it spot <laughs> i don't know if it was the beastie boys, <laughs> beastie boys and billy graham yeah, probably not uh, he mostly um, because he's an evangelical christian i think they're all jewish boys I oh think. that's mostly why yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
Right. But if we, we have to acknowledge, like he had a spot on, we have to acknowledge that we were made for these things. And when we are going through times in our life where we don't have access to those or things have been impaired, uh, then it's okay to stop and acknowledge those. And first and foremost, your brain is asking you to acknowledge those. Hey, something's off here. Do you know this? Because if not, I'm going to put you into the survival mode because I got to make sure to keep my human alive. And if you go, yes, I understand what's happening right now. I'm feeling sad. Your brain goes, okay, good. Like I've gotten your attention. That's my job. And now I can settle back down so that the other recesses of your brain can light up and you can actually do something and approach it as creatively and innovatively and as rationally as you possibly can. As humans, I feel like many of us want it to be black and white. We want it to be on or off. Mm-hmm. We want it to be right or wrong. Right. And so is there is there a healthy reason or is there a healthy time to let yourself lay down on the couch? Oh, absolutely. And- I, all of these emotions that we have, like uh, we've talked about the stages of grief. Have we talked about stages of grief? I feel like we've talked. I mean, yeah. how could we have? We'll not, talk not about that next minutes. if we have yeah. it. <laughs> uh, and uh, one of the stages of grief is depression in that I'm at in a high stress mode and I need to allow my brain to de-stress. So depression in itself, uh, the depressurization of my brain and emotions is very healthy. We should always have that. That's why God uh, encourages us to Sabbath and to leave um, uh, margin in our lives, right? To spend time with him first. We need time to actually process and feel and assess and, and slow down and rest, right? Rest is extremely important. So those things those times are okay. And I always like to say, cause I am a very practical person too. So I looked it up and it's when these things uh, occur for more than two weeks without seizing, that's when we need to be concerned. Right. Yeah. And we've had the opportunity for these things to go on for more than two weeks without seizing just because of the nature of what we're experiencing right now. But the same is true with anger as well. At a certain point, it becomes detrimental, just like anything, uh, you know, a, a piece of cake is very pleasurable and we're made for pleasure or oxytocin. But if I have have a whole cake, you know, in a short period of time, that's going to be detrimental. I'm going to overload um, my blood sugars and my pancreas and, and my digestive system. Same is true with any of the tools and emotions we have available to us. They're meant to provide some relief and release and some uh, resolution. And if they haven't provided that, if we enter in because we really enjoy that relief or release or or the oxytocin that we get from it, and we're just feeding off of that, that isn't the purpose of them. The purpose is for us to get some relief so that we can actually engage in what we need to do um, or uh, pursue to actually find the resolution. When we don't, we're we're being satisfied with the temporary fix, which is never what that was intended to be. So if I hear you, what you're saying correctly, the fact that we have emotions like sadness Mm -hmm. or uh, frustration or fatigue, I guess, Mm -hmm. which is kind of half emotional, half physical, Mm -hmm. that... That the fact that we have those and we're created in the image of God, yes, right, means that because some people look at those things, sadness. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're sad. Mm-hmm. Oh, poor mm-hmm. you. Poor like we just there's right. all this crap that comes along right. with it, and then we forget there's a whole book called Lamentations. Right. 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 Yeah. <laughs> and so like sadness isn't bad in and of itself. No. Right. There it's, should be sorrow. Yeah. Right. There are things in the world that deserve to be acknowledged, and we should feel sorrow about. That leads us to the resolution of justice and righteousness, right? If we didn't feel sorrow about it, think of, I mean, yeah. if you think things are 
hard now. Think about how much harder there would be if we had no empathy and compassion that comes right. with that sorrow. So the problem with these things then, let's stick with sorrow or sadness mm-hmm. for a second, is there's people that rather than responding to their sorrow or their sadness, mm-hmm. they'll react to their sorrow or sadness. Right. And so, and so now, so that's an emotion that results in a behavior, mm-hmm. right? right? And so, and they find that, well, if I'm sad and people see that I'm sad, then right. I get attention or then I get, I don't know, like my husband treats me nicer or my wife treats me nicer or my kids are better to me. Right. Huh. That's a thing. Maybe even we don't think about it no, in our right. heads. Like exactly. our brain just does the work. Yep. Sure. You know Cause it's mean? like, well, that's the fastest way. Like you said in the introduction, that's the fastest way for me to get relief. Do that again. Yeah. Do that again, yeah, right? Just keep doing this. Yes. Until we go, I'm sad. Why am I sad? What's going on here? Yeah. And how do we resolve this? And if we don't engage in that, because that's what it's meant to do, catch your attention so that you go through that process and work your way out of it. When you do that, you're not going to experience that again. That won't be the quickest. Why? Because your brain now goes, wait a second, that felt good, but this gave me relief. This yeah. gave me resolution. This is long lasting and it will push you toward that later. Again, our reservoir, how much have we built in our reservoir? How many times have we slowed the process down to give ourselves evidence so that our rational brain goes, oh, don't get satisfied with that. I mean, that worked. Go to this, right? But when we're fatigued or when we're, you know, upset or hungry or, or shocked, you know, those are the things that quickly fix it. When we have that in sequence over and over and over, after a while, you could see how your brain goes, well, this has been working the last 10 times you were shocked, redirected, sad, disappointed. Right. And so now it's just relying on So if on we're not going to deal with it, if we're not going to like examine it yeah. or whatever, right. I'm just going to keep reacting this way. Yeah. And so when you think about the things that destroy our lives, mm-hmm. right? Things like addictions, you know, the drugs or alcohol or shopping mm-hmm. or sex or food, mm-hmm. right? Or all these things, they're yeah. all behaviors that again, sh- are a shortcut to um, relief. Relief. Like a shortcut. Yes. Like, oh gosh, I'm so sad. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go out and get really wasted with all my friends because yep. that's, that's the only way I'm going to find yeah. peace right now. And then you feel horrible the next horrible. day and then you're worried about what happened the night yep. before and now you're ashamed about that and now you have to change friend groups or pretend like it's fine or pretend like you really actually enjoyed that and you meant to do that. So let me show them how much by doing it again. Yeah. I'll show you, right? And then being proud of like your, right. Yeah. And after a while you've damaged your, you know, what gets damaged when you get drunk, right? Like you've damaged your body, you've damaged your mind, you've damaged your friendships right now. Cause at a certain point people are like, they're just too wild. I can't stay around that anymore. And now you're like resentful toward them because it's their fault that you even did that because. (laughs) Right. Because now your behavior affected your thoughts, right? Mm -hmm. And now Satan's playing in that game. He's like, yes, this is exactly what I wanted. eating the fire. Right. So now he's going to feel, or he or she's going to feel like this which is going to make them behave mm-hmm. in such a way, which yeah. I'll get back into a new thought. And, yeah. I'll like, and so that's and just here's it. here's the thing. He doesn't even have to feel, feed the fire. Like just getting you to doubt or to accuse yourself of something or accuse someone else or blame someone else. Remember, shame and blame were the games of the, of the Garden of Eden, right? That's how this whole story even started. He just needs to uh, plant the seed of shame or blame in you so that you yourself start this momentum in this cycle. And you're you're leading it yourself. You could say, well, this happened again, or this person triggered me, or this person uh, made me react this way. And that's not true. 
there was a point where you allowed the seed to take root and then your thought process, your emotions, your behaviors started going and looking for evidence for those things, right? Again, your perception. And so uh, maybe someone says something to you, but their intent wasn't to offend you or to hurt you or to accuse you. And yet you're collecting data because this is the thought you had. And so your brain goes, well, you had this thought, so this must be valid. Let's look for evidence for that, right? Because it's trying again to reinforce that to help you to cope, to help you to survive, to help you to be well. Unfortunately, if we are starting off on an unhealthy thought, it's going to lead to an unhealthy emotion, unhealthy behavior. Or if we're starting with an unhealthy emotion, it's going to lead to an unhealthy thought behavior. That is not ever going to give you good fruit, right? right. You can't plant an unhealthy seed. You can't plant a melon seed and get you know, bananas. It just doesn't happen right. that way. And so we have to think about what is the thought process that started there? What do I really need? So there's questions. There's really practical stuff. And why don't we go into that? Because for me, it's, I know how this works. I've been, all the things you're saying, I, I've been there. I just don't know how to stop it. I don't know yeah. how to slow it down. I don't know how to step off of that cycle. And even when I do, because now the people around me are used to that cycle, right? We get into it because someone else um, has expectation or they start that cycle that sets you off and so now you're feeling defeated and like this is never going to change maybe I should just quit and unfortunately there's too many people right now who want to quit in terms of life in terms of engagement in terms of really just trying to uh, continue and pursue a healthy life and a healthy thought process and healthy behaviors because it just seems so overwhelming. And that's what I want to encourage you in today. Like all of us feel like it would be easier to quit sometimes. Yeah. And yet I know that if I can get some help, if I can slow this down, that I can bring the sunshine back into my life. And it's really tough right now because it is very dark outside. Yeah. And so that can be contributing to your feeling of, you know what, by the time I get home, it's like pitch dark. And uh, I know I'm walking into whatever's going on at home and it's not any easier at work. And my friends are having a hard time that I talk to, but we don't even talk hardly anymore, you know? And so you might be feeling like it's just so overwhelming. Why don't we quit? And I just want to encourage you not to quit, um, that there's very practical things that are very effective in a short period of time, we just need to understand them so that we can start doing them. Yeah. I just, I, I was just thinking as you were talking, like I've never known a time in my life where as a, as a group, as, you know, as humanity, not, not, you know, Christians, not people in Wisconsin, humanity. Mm -hmm. I've never known a time where it's been as difficult to persevere, mm -hmm. but as important as it is to just to mm -hmm. persevere as it is right now. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like perseverance has got to be the thing mm -hmm. yeah. it, because I mean, otherwise you're just going to quit. Right. And like, so what does that look like? I don't even care what that looks like. Well, it's not good. Right. Yeah. I find, uh, actually I have to share that with a couple of people because I mentioned them a couple of times. I follow a elderly couple from Great Britain right now who lived during World War II and just their resilience really encourages me because they lived during a time when there were bombs getting dropped on their homes. And imagine if they would have quit. Imagine if they had lost their hope. Imagine if they said, this isn't worth it. Nothing's changing and got really, really in a dark place. And I'm sure that they did. And yet when you hear them, even in this time for them, this is a tough time. This is the end of their life, right? And they would love to be with their loved ones and family. And they're trying to figure things out themselves that other people had helped them with before. And yet they're just the sweetest 
most optimistic, resilient little couple. And mm-hmm. I go, who are the last people who went through something similar to this? We have a few of them on this earth still. They right. went through these great wars and yet they they weren't sure. Uh, actually, this couple, they weren't even sure they were going to see each other again. And I think they lost each other during the war mm-hmm. and weren't sure if the other was alive. And uh, then they found each other. It's like the greatest little story. And, and then they lived their life right afterwards. And there is life to be lived after all of this, right? It's just a matter of, are you can you persevere and is it worth persevering and this little couple they tell me it is because they've had a long long life after all of the tragedy and difficulty that they experienced that they probably thought daily am i going to get through this they didn't quit yeah i love that so what what are ways out of the unhealthy cycle all right so um what we need to do is really just start redirecting and rewiring our thoughts initially if that's your emotions for you if your emotions are where you go uh, immediately, some of us are more emotional-brained, some of us are more rational-brained. So some of you may try to figure out the entire world and all the future and all the scenarios in your mind, and we need to start redirecting and rewiring those thoughts. Some of you may be going straight to your emotions and spending time there without actually incorporating more thoughts and, and allowing yourself to accept and see some truth so that it can slow down that. So the Bible calls that renewing our minds. And then what we need to do once we do that, is incorporate some practical steps to change our behaviors that'll help us stop or escape or eventually prevent this whole cycle from even starting. So when you're on the unhealthy wheel, uh, slow the roll. Stop and step away. I call this timeout. We also call this the journey to homeless moment. It's the moment when I know that something is arising in me. Pay attention to yourself. Am I getting flustered? Is my heart rate increasing? Um, Am I feeling extremely sad suddenly while someone's talking to me? Um, Am I feeling afraid? Um, What is happening around me? Do I need to step away? Because I am acknowledging that something is happening right now and I'm either going to blow up or I'm going to retreat within myself. And neither of those is going to help bring resolution to what I'm experiencing right now. And so we have to learn how to take a timeout, right? We send our kids into timeout when they're getting worked up. When I'm getting worked up, when I'm feeling like I'm going one direction or the other, that I, I know if I do, I will stay there and it won't be helpful to me that I need to slow that down. So when you do, acknowledge your thoughts, your feelings, behavior. Um, notice, like I said, if, if you're someone who feels like I want to lie down, um, some people have the urge to um, leave, to flee. Some people have the urge to um, ball up and crawl in under something, right? Like there's something that's telling you, like your brain is telling you, like, do this because I feel, I feel like I'm threatened right now. I feel overwhelmed right now. So we just have to do that very base thing and then assess, like, is there something going on? Uh, I was just confessing to you earlier that I went home last night and I was a little agitated. Uh, notice how nice I say that (laughs) I was agitated and I had to just say, Hey, I'm, I'm just really tired right now. Can I like, I just need a minute. And my loving husband said, yeah, let me run out to the store and just pick up a rotisserie chicken for dinner. And while he was gone, I set myself straight. Hey, you're upset right now. A lot went on today. Um, but we're going to have a nice evening together and he doesn't deserve to receive that from me. I feel like there's several things there in that Mm -hmm. first, like, Allow yourself that. Yes. Right? Allow yourself that. But I feel like even before that, you were talking about this idea of acknowledging and accessing or uh, – uh, I forget what you said. Acknowledging and addressing your thoughts, feelings, yes. behaviors. Right. We don't do that. Right. Right? We're like, 
mama needs some wine tonight, right? Like, so like, and then right. there's nothing wrong with wine, right, right? right? Jesus is one of his greatest hits, right? Making some wine. <laughs> and so that, that's not the name of a song, but that's what he did one day, right? So there's nothing wrong with wine. There's nothing wrong with needing a drink to say, I just got to right. calm this down, but know why you're doing it. Know because why. if you don't know why you're doing it, then you don't know when to stop. Exactly. You know what I mean? And so the same thing is true if shopping is your thing. The same thing is true if eating is your thing. The mm-hmm. same thing is true if dirty pictures are your thing. Mm-hmm. The same, it is all that, if you don't know why you're doing it mm-hmm. and you're not addressing that, then you're just going to keep doing it until like you get into trouble. Right. It literally tells your brain, hey, things are not okay right now and I'm coping, but this needs a resolution, right? That alone just lets your brain starts working on that because you're going to go to sleep. And I tell people all the time, if you can plant good seeds, they will grow even when you're sleeping. Why? Because your brain is always at work. Your conscious mind isn't always at work, but your subconscious and unconscious. It's like... um, what is that? Passive investments. I want to invest in things that are going to work while I'm sleeping. Yeah. And so if I can deposit some things in me, uh, resetting my thought, here's acknowledging my feelings, resetting my thoughts, um, putting in some good knowledge, then I know those things are going to rework what's going on in my subconscious and unconscious while I sleep. It's going to measure that against everything else I've acquired and go, hmm, this doesn't match up. And if nothing else, you're going to wake up going, oh, I got to think about that. Let me spend some time with Jesus because like, Maybe what I thought was true isn't true. And you may have, after a while, this feeling like, I think my whole foundation is off. And you might feel like, whoa, that's a lot. However, like God really can turn over the soil of your mind and really start to reset things if we start to incorporate and start adding and giving ourselves the opportunity to. And so in as much as I say, like, don't be overwhelmed because your brain is the capacity that your brain has and the capability that your brain has is remarkable, like more than miracle. It's miraculous. And if we know that, then we know that the the, the God who created us is God because he incorporated it into us. Like he made us in his image. That says a lot. Our God is capable of so much. And so trust in how he created you and allow those things to work. We need to understand how they work a little bit so we know how to help that process along. Yeah, I love that. So the second thing we do then, we have to explore the underlying concerns, right? So I am upset. I am worked up. It's been a hard day. Okay, what is really going on here? I need to process that. And there's some questions that I ask myself, and I'll give you just a few, and we'll put them in the notes as well, so you can start to think about them, journal about them while you're driving, um, while you have some alone time. Like, when you have these moments, ask yourself these questions, but then I'll give you four simple ones. So uh, one question is, what is the situation today, right now? What are we arguing about right now? What am I upset about right now? Not all the things that have happened, and there's a lot of things that have happened, but right now, what am I upset about? What is working me up? What is triggering me right now? Let's focus on that right? When you feel overwhelmed, I need the one thing that I need to focus on. Let's focus on what's right in front of us right now. And then why is this bothering me, right? What's going on here? What do I think is happening? If I'm really worked up, what do what does my brain think is under threat or being challenged right now? And why is that so deep? Why is that such an intense trigger for me? The deeper I trigger, the more intense, right? The belief um, that I have or the thought that I have that is being threatened or I think is being threatened. And then what is my perception? So identify what thought patterns you have. I have been believing that things are really bad right now. And so my thought patterns are around that. My perception has been skewed toward the sky is falling and I need to start clearing that up. What's truth? What's not? And then what do I know that's true? And then what does God's word tell me is true? 
Is there something else at work here? Okay, you to, uh, told me, pick up your coffee cup. You've been leaving it all day. And I like scream back at you about something. Is there something else at work here? Was I really that upset about you asking me to pick up my coffee cup? Or was there something else that I've been accumulating that I need to address? Or something else that actually is bothering me? It's not the coffee cup and you bringing that up, but maybe it's some other things that have been building up that we haven't addressed that it's time to slow down and actually talk about. And then... Um, Am I upset about something else, right? So uh, I'm actually upset about the thing that happened this morning. But when you gave me the opportunity by bringing up something, then I used that to actually um, like bring all of those things to the plate. And that person wasn't prepared to even receive, know, (laughs) understand like what I'm talking about. And then what was my expectation? Like what was I expecting here? What did I want? So in a simple form, I asked myself these four things and I did it last night. What do I feel? What do I think? What do I want? What do I need? That's it. That will slow you down in a second. What do I feel? What do I think? What do I want? What do I need? And if we can learn to actually uh, communicate those things... Think about how much turns over. Like, if nothing else, it disrupts the cycle, right? Not only for me, but for the person I invite into that. Yeah, because I feel like both are important. Because I feel like, A, asking yourself, even if on your own, there's so much benefit. In fact, I feel like the the lion's share of the benefit comes from you asking yourself that question and coming up with the answers. Because we may not even get into a fray here if I can understand what's going on inside of me before I react. What was it again? What do I? What do I feel? What do I think? What do I want? What do I need? Yeah. So good. Because then, and so then the mouse's share of that, I don't know what the opposite of a lion's share is, (laughs) but then the mouse's share of that, as you said, is uh, important to the people in our lives, the people we invited, Mm -hmm. because a lot of times they don't get the context of what do I feel? What do I Think, think what, what I do want, I want and what, what do I, I need? need. We don't, we don't ever, we don't, like, no one has that conversation with their spouse or right. with their right. best friends. And like, we should. Yeah. Those are the people we've chosen to right. be most intimate with, to spend our lives with, to share our rooms with. Right. And we can't even share that with, right? right. Yeah. So when we don't share it, we're, li- we're leaving it up to them to guess. Yeah. So, but they're not, if they, if, so if we invite them into this cycle, mm-hmm. right, and we're not telling them what right. we want, what we need, what we think, right. and what we feel, then we're not letting them in. And so they're all, mm-hmm. they're all they see. Because the only things that are on this cycle, right? Thoughts, emotions, and behavior. Yeah. The only thing anyone else sees behavior is your behavior. Is, yeah. So if your behavior is affected by your thoughts and your emotions, you're not caring enough to think about it through mm-hmm. or come up with why you're feeling mm-hmm. that way. Then all they're seeing the behavior. So they're going to, you're leaving mm-hmm. it to them to like yeah. make their own deductions. And think about how many times you've been in an argument and someone goes, what do you want? And you're not prepared for that. Yeah. How about you're prepared for that? Right. Yeah. <laughs> right? We'll be Have you ever had that? that where you're like, I don't know, you should know what I want yeah. by now. You me. <laughs> right. And then if they're like sincere, like, but no, seriously, what do you want? And you're so equipped, right? There might be things you spew out based on your hurts and your wounds, and, right. but they're not the actual need that you have inside right. of you to satisfy whatever concern or hurt or threat you feel that is happening right now. So the next thing we do then and under the exploring our underlying concerns is start to renew our mind. We have to reset some positive scripts. If we're always in a doomsday and always in the skies falling, we have to go ask ourselves, what's good? What's true? And what does the word of God say? And that's what I do. What's good? What's true? What does the word of God say? So everything seems horrible right now, but you know what's good? We're healthy right now. 
we had a great dinner tonight. There's always something good to find in your day. And then what's true? Okay. So I feel like our bank account is like slipping away. And, but you know, here's what's true. Let me look at it instead of being afraid to look at it and go, well, you know what? We are actually okay until mid month. And then we have to figure something out. Now I'm equipped to actually do something about it. And I'm not saying that's it, right? <laughs> you may still feel like, oh my gosh, we only have till mid month. And then what's true? What does the word of God say, right? Where does he say that he's with us, that he will direct our steps, that he has given us the wisdom, that we're able to do all things through him, that he has not given us fear and that he will never leave us. And so can we trust him and engage God himself to enter into those places where we have been on this unhealthy cycle? The scripture says that the Lord's instruction is right. It makes our hearts glad. He commands, his commands shine brightly and they give us light. And in a time where you may be feeling like the world is a bit dark and your world is a bit dark, I need to look at what God says so that my heart can be more joyful so that I can look at what he tells me to do so that I can feel the light of God's instruction, but also his reassurance and his comfort and um, his wisdom that the Holy Spirit brings us so that I have verbiage, right? How can I best express these things? When someone asks me what I want, I can rationally and reasonably actually express those things to someone, I might have a better chance of receiving those things in return if I'm able to express them in a calm, rational manner. And and in a way that someone else will understand, right? Because what I've learned most of all is that we do not speak the same language, even though we think we do because our perceptions are all different. They're right. all individual. And so when we understand that, okay, how can I express this? And then uh, what do I want, need, or have to grow or correct in myself? Um, because you know what? I've just been in this place too long. All that work is internal, right? But it has benefits and reaps benefits immediately in your behaviors, right? If I didn't react today, I don't have to deal with the damage or the repercussions of that. I can actually address what is the want or the need inside of me that I have that I do need to communicate. Um, because again, we were made for joy. We were made for goodness. We were made um, to enjoy life. And that's where we're trying to get to. Can you imagine if if you lived your life in such a way that you were always in a cycle where you were always at a point where like you would punch a hole in the wall, mm -hmm. right? And so, like, I feel like I've done that once mm -hmm. or twice, probably just once, I mm -hmm. think. Anyway, but can you imagine a life where every day, like, besides going to work, besides, I don't know, all the things that you've got to do and everything else, you have to rep repair the hole in the wall that you punched every day. Yeah. Every day, you've got to, like, cut a square, right, so that the hole's even, and then you got to get a replacement part of chalkboard, no, that's not what it's called. Drywall. Drywall. Right. And then you've got to like, I don't know, plaster it or caulk it. And then you've got to sand it. And then you've got to like paint it. Like and now you're out of time to actually talk about the thing that started that whole process. So my point is, is that every day that we don't deal with this and share it with the person that we're with, mm -hmm. we're just punching a hole in our, in our relationship wall that we have yeah. to fix every day. And if you don't fix it, if you leave it for one day, now there's two holes now to there's fix. Two holes. And if you don't fix it for a week, there's seven holes to mm -hmm. fix in a relationship. And what if you do that for a year? That whole house is about to tumble down. Tumble down. And no wonder you're feeling right. so overwhelmed. Right. And right. no wonder where they're feeling. Right. right. So like you're both feeling crappy. Mm -hmm. You've got a run down house because there's 365 holes in the wall. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right? And so no, and oh my gosh. And so but we don't do quit. That. Don't walk away right. from the house. Yeah. Don't, yeah. <laughs> because what is required is, you know, when you fix one thing, I talk about a garden a lot, right? We can have a a garden full of weeds. But if I can work on a section of that garden and clear it out, even though I don't have any good seeds growing yet, if I can clear that section out, I feel so good. I'm like, look at that brown dirt, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> so proud of the fact that that area is cleaned out. And then that 
uh, has given me the tools. Remember, I've made deposit in my reservoir. So my brain starts doing other work. But then it also goes, hey, that actually felt better than all those other things you've been doing to make us feel better. So let's do that instead. And it'll start pushing you. So, you know, we talk about uh, people who start exercising and then they like crave exercising or people who stop eating cheeseburgers and they eat broccoli and then they want broccoli all the time. And you're like, those people are crazy. But their brain has learned that this is the healthiest route that's going to bring resolution and long life and a satisfying, healthy life and thoughts and behaviors, it's going to push you. It has evidence and it has experience. So now it's going to push you to want those things even more. That's how now you start the healthy cycle rolling, right? And now you're not even uh, tempted to go to that unhealthy cycle anymore because you know what that brought you. And that you know, because you felt the good now, that that's not worth it. And so I'm not going to be satisfied by anything less than what I know is available to me. And once you've tasted it, like, oh, like this is what I could have had. This is how this feels. I want to do this more, right? Um, So, and then the last point is make a plan. Um, And again, we want to come to mutually agreeable solutions so that we can improve our communication and our behaviors. And I didn't always know this when I was in my unhealthy cycles, like what were the options available to me? So when someone says, what do you want? And you might have gone like, Hey, stop there, Becky, tell me, what do I want? Like, what are my options? And some of us, we just have been on the cycle so long. We don't even remember or never knew that there were options that were available to us that I'm like, Oh, I could do that. Like, I don't have to be upset and, and, um, I guess tell someone how bad, like, I, I know I can tell someone how bad I'm feeling or, or, or what your behavior has done or how I'm feeling as a result of that. But then what do we do to actually come to the resolution that all of this is supposed to bring me? And one is check your perspective, right? So ask clarifying questions. Hey, so we just had our time out, our journey home moment. And so when you said this, uh, were you saying that you thought this about me? And allow that person to clarify, right? Last week we talked about listen, 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 but clarify your perspective. Did I receive this like this? Or did when you said that, is that what you intended? Maybe that person did intend it. And then you can address that. But more often than not, that's not what was intended. So when I say to my husband, when you said this, uh, it sounded to me like you think I never do these things. Oh no, I was just saying that why don't we try this because I know you can do like he has had to clarify things that were a much better script than the script that I had going on inside of me right because I had tended those too long they were negative and they were quick uh, we can set boundaries right okay so when you say this to me or when you do this that really just it upsets me I know there's something in me that I need to work on but can we agree not to do that so that we can not get in those places so we can have a better chance of being constructive when we have conversations or when we get on the cycles um express it hey just like i did last night i'm really i it's been a long day i'm just tired right now can i have a few minutes because i know i'm getting a little like crabby i'm getting a little short and i don't want to do that to you so can i have a couple minutes um negotiate okay you said this and that's not okay for you to say this this is what i need here's what i want can we come to some agreement that we can both get what we're looking for here I didn't even know that was possible. Like I thought I had to win. I'm a three. I'm an Enneagram three. So I just, I ran by, I need to win. And uh, winning, you know, isn't always winning when you're crushing someone else and knocking them down. Um, I don't think often is, unless you're playing football. And then, you know, if you can run over somebody and get to the end goal, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. 
I'm sure somebody has a theory on why that actually works, and I probably did too at some point. Um, but long term, uh, no, that doesn't actually get you the results that you want. Yeah. Um, and then you can choose to let go. Okay, so this isn't as big a deal as I thought it was. So let's just let this go now. Like, I'm sorry. Like, I was re- overreacting to that. Let's just move on. Or I need to forgive you. Yeah, you did mean to say that to me and that really hurt my feelings. But let me express that to you. Like, hey, that really hurt when you said that. And I realize we're in the heat of the moment. So I'm going to forgive you. But I'm going to ask that you not do that again, right? I, we're just going to jump back on the cycle if we continue to do these things to each other. And then... uh confront we can confront and then get wise counsel and then take it to god so do i need to talk to someone else hey fix my perspective here hey journey to wholeness facilitator or counselor or pastor like here's what's been going on can you give me some wise counsel like tell me if i'm off or tell me if i'm making sense here and what needs to be corrected and then take it to god god's always there um, to help us uh, help these processes that are embedded in us because he designed us to have them work better. I need clarity of mind, God. I need understanding. Lord, give me peace in the moments where I feel worked up. Help me to see these things better. Uh, And it does happen, right? Why? Because I'm setting my mind on those things. I'm letting my mind, as I talk to God, know that this is the path that we're going to take now. And so when I go, I want to see more clearly, I have the moment now where I pause and I go, am I seeing this clearly? Just because I planted that in me, right? So talk to God about it because his Holy Spirit, again, is our comforter and is there to remind us and help us and help us to get off of this unhealthy cycle. I love how each week we talk about an issue and then we lay out the roadmap, you know, to what, you know, a solution could look like. Mm -hmm. But then I also like how we also add in like the holy power up, right? Mm-hmm. Like this, yes. this, you know, icon that you can run over or gobble up or whatever that gives you an extra boost. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like, you know, you started talking about that, about like who we are with God and spending time with God as the power up to mm-hmm. fix this unhealthy cycle business. And I just, I feel like he's, when I talk about, when we talk about the faithfulness of God, mm-hmm. It's really hard to pinpoint because, I mean, there's one thing for our spouse to be faithful, or our friends to be faithful, or our employers to be faithful, our employees to be faithful. It's much easier to like you know, ascertain what that looks like. It's a little bit more difficult when we talk about the faithfulness of God, but it's in these things, these holy power-ups, that that's where he's faithful. So as difficult, you know, as the this course correction could be in trying to fix the unhealthy cycle thing and the roadmap that we've laid out. Somehow it makes it just a little bit easier if we have this holy power up, right? This relationship of, with God that can help us do it smoother. Yeah. I don't know if I know if it's faster. So maybe sometimes faster, yeah. Yeah, yeah. right? Sometimes further. It's like the fast pass. Right. I think so. Yeah. But it's also the thing that makes it long lasting, right? Like yeah. I can do these things, but God, I need you. I need that support from you. I need you to help me and to fuel me in the times when I know it's going to seem easier to quit. But you're going to remind me that this is for the long haul and it's possible and that you're with me and I can do this. Yeah. Because I was just thinking that. I was just thinking about perseverance. Like for me, perseverance, mm-hmm. I don't have enough of that on my own. Like the whatever comes standard mm-hmm. in my in my <laughs> game pack, yeah. I don't have enough of it. But And it, I like, think we are probably feeling like our reservoir has been drained. And it has. We've been asked to be persevering for quite a while, longer than we ever have before. And if you're feeling like it's time to pull over and get a tune up and to start addressing these things, then it, it likely is. There's some people who will say like, 
you know, there's generations that had to go through like your friends in Britain, mm. right? Then they had to go through this and there's people in the world that blah, blah, blah. And like the, the fact that you're struggling right now doesn't, and, and the fact that people might have struggled harder years ago no. or people are struggling harder in a different part of the world doesn't diminish Does not. your struggle. Right. Like your struggle is real. This is your experience. Yeah. No one else has so had it. don't let it. anyone, don't let your dad, don't right. let your friends on the Facebook, don't let anyone tell you that your struggle is not real. Right. Like people have it much harder. Suck mm-hmm. it up and right. walk it off. That's what's actually hurting us because we're not allowing ourselves to acknowledge the feelings and admit that we're feeling exhausted, we're feeling fatigued, and we're feeling challenged right now. And so what are a few things that I can incorporate? What do I need to be reminded about so that I can hang on and persevere through this time? Yeah, I love that. Mm-hmm. So good today, Becky. Thanks yeah, for everything that you thank shared. You. Listen, if you enjoyed uh, this podcast and feel like you know someone, a friend or a family member, member that could benefit from these words, please share this podcast with them or encourage them to subscribe uh, to the whole podcast and all of your favorite podcast platforms. All episodes are available on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on Google Play, Amazon. Like We're out there. And so you can subscribe on any one of them. We also have a handful of other podcasts that are equally great in their lanes. I think of um, uh, Cheery Conversations, which is just a fantastic podcast. I think about At Home with the Hennessy's, which is a behind-the-scenes kind of look uh, at Sean and Sonny Hennessy and their family and the things that they go through in ministry and family and everything else. There's a new podcast that's out, mm-hmm. uh, called a pastor and a rabbi walk into a bar. And so, uh, look for that. Cause that's a really great examination on faith, but faith and stuff. Like yeah. we talk about movies and sports and everything else. And so it's a really great podcast as well. And of course the chew on that podcast, uh, which I host where we, uh, uh, weekly, we dive into the message, um, from life church in green Bay and tear it apart and look into it and see how it can apply to our lives. All the podcasts are fantastic. We'd love for you to subscribe to all of them and listen and just be part of our family. Thanks for joining us today. We'll talk to you next time. Oh, wait, go to j2wholeness.org. Sorry, Becky, we're going to get more information about Journey to Wholeness. <laughs> they can always visit j2wholeness.org. That's the letter J, the number two, wholeness.org for more resources uh, like this that you can uh, engage in. Yeah, it's not just for people that you think are broken. It's for everybody. Mm -hmm. All (laughs) y'all. Talk to you next time.